chapter number 28, and I just want to read the first two verses, and then we'll skip down and we'll read a few more verses. Deuteronomy chapter 28, and uh, let's go ahead and stand tonight in reverence to the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse number 1, it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. If you'd go with me now uh, to verse number 15. Verse number 15 of Deuteronomy 28, it says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful group of people. I thank you for the, the fellowship and the, the wonderful time, fun, the games we've already enjoyed. Lord, thank you for the food and all those who brought it. Lord, it's just been a blessing today, Lord, to be able to fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray now, though, that we turn our attention to your word. And God, I ask that uh, Lord, we'd go home some, with something tonight, and, and again, the food and the fellowship have been good, but I pray that we'd go home with, with something far greater than that. And Father, I pray that you'd show us from your word exactly what you'd have for us tonight. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Deuteronomy chapters 27 and 28, Moses gathers the children of Israel and they are preparing to go into the promised land. Moses divides the people in half and puts them in a, a place where they, can, they are very easily able to hear what he's about to say. Puts one half of the people on one side and one half of the people on the other. And it's, it's really, I can only imagine how it would be millions of people being seated, being put in place, so they can hear what Moses is about to share. A whole lot of things are said here tonight, or in these chapters. Tonight I just want to look at a few very simple things, but I want to talk about blessings and cursings. Um, the people who Moses was speaking to were a people who remembered what slavery was like. They remembered what it was like to have no liberty. You see, they, they had come out of Egypt not, not long ago. And so they understood what it was like to be a people oppressed, a people that were in servitude to another nation. And God was about to give them, and, and, and of course most of you who know the history of Israel, the, the greatest days were ahead of them at this point. They were just on the precipice of walking into the promised land, taking it over, and, and really God giving them so much. But here God gives them some things, and what's amazing to me, and there's few, a few things that jump out, but the first 14 verses are given about blessing. And, and we read verse number 1 and 2 there, that if, if they would obey the words of the Lord their God, that God would give them these blessings, and then we get down to verses number 15 and through the end of the chapter, it's all about, if you don't obey me, I will give, bring these curses upon you. And it's incredible to me the, 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 the number of the verses that deal with the blessings and then the number of the verses that deal with the cursings are almost four to one. 
And I, I think sometimes people say, well, well, we just need to, to positively reinforce people. I agree with that. And I think we ought to, to, to be positive, and I think we ought to be encouraging, and I think we ought, think we ought to put uh, the, the carrot in front of the horse, so to speak. But every once in a while, the horse needs a, a kick in the backside to get moving. Amen? And, and it's amazing how, how sometimes when we don't use the, the negative reinforcement, and really you look at this chapter, that's what God is doing. God says, I'm going to lay out some wonderful blessings for you and make them very straightforward and make them very simple. He said, I'm also going to lay out a whole lot of curses for you and I'm going to make those more specific and I'm going to help you to understand what I'm talking about here. And, and I think tonight, folks, our country has lost the ability to say, hey, there are consequences for your actions, whether you like that or not. Everything in life is not positive. There are negative consequences for poor decisions and for poor actions. And I wish we'd understand that. And I wish as parents and grandparents, we'd raise up a generation of young people who understand that. Every, everything just can't be slid under the rug. The rug is full. Okay? We've got to start taking accountability for our actions. And Moses really puts it in front of the people. He says, this is what God has given me. He said, I'm going to give you this. You're all sitting out there in, in kind of a natural amphitheater. And you're going to hear the words that God has placed in my heart and in my mouth. Tonight, I want to talk about liberty. In verses 12 and 13 of Deuteronomy chapter 28, and try to, try to stay with me. The Bible says, The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Verse 13, And the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do all them. Uh, folks, tonight I want to say some things, and please follow what I'm trying to say. Liberty is not a right of man. And I hope you understand that. Liberty is a privilege from God. Now, folks, we, we as Americans, we do believe that liberty is our right. And I love that. I love that we believe in liberty. And we believe in that drastically and, and defiantly as far as the rest of the world is concerned. But I do want you to understand something tonight. Liberty, and you look at these verses in Deuteronomy in chapter 28, and you see very plainly that liberty is a blessing of God. Do you understand the children of Israel had come out from slavery? They had been a people that was under the rule of another nation and they had been manipulated, they had been forced, they had been compelled to do what that other nation decided to make them do. They understood what slavery was and here they are being offered by God liberty. They are being offered by God the ability to rule and to govern themselves. They had not had this privilege for many, many years. That privilege had been taken from them. And tonight I'd like you to understand that liberty, it's not your right, it's our privilege. And if we don't start looking at liberty as our privilege instead of our right, our liberty is going to be taken away. And we've got to understand that it's a privilege, it's a gift, it's a blessing from God. In verses 1 through 3, and we looked at these already, but folks, God made it very plain. He said, if you will keep my words. Now you say, well, Pastor Dow, these were written to the Israelite people. I understand that. But God was promising His chosen people freedom. Now, if God was willing to bless His chosen people with freedom, we are not God's chosen people, all right? We are Americans. We are not Israelites. We are not Jews. We are not Hebrews. We don't have those promises. But I do believe that there are some principles and some precepts taught plainly in the Word of God that teach us if we follow that principle, God will bless us. 
And folks, tonight I look at this, and yes, I know it was written to Israel, but I believe that these are the very traits necessary to obtain liberty from God. And I want liberty. I want liberty personally. I want liberty religiously and spiritually. And I want liberty as a nation. Liberty is lost if we disobey. Now look at verse 15 again with me. It says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments in his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Verse 16, Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. God says, I'm going to start cursing you right at home. Now go down with me to verse 29, and we'll see God taking liberty away. Verse 29, it says, And thou shalt grope at noonday, as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Now I want you to see something here, and there's going to be a progression that takes place as we work our way through this chapter. You've got to understand what's going to happen, and God puts it very plainly for us. What's going to happen is these people who have been given liberty and given freedom by God, God says, what is going to happen, if you ignore me and you ignore my word and you go against my commandments, he said, first of all, you are going to be cursed in your field. You're going to be cursed in your house. But he said, I'm going to begin to oppress you. I'm going to begin to oppress you. Now understand, that's not full-blown slavery as of yet. It's, it's, it's an outside force that's putting pressure on us. That's what oppression is. And folks, tonight, I want you to understand, I fully believe that we are dealing with many different forms of oppression in our country. One of the things we read across the page in verse number 12 is that no other country would we owe money to. Now, I don't understand it. But you often hear how much in debt our nation is. Don't you? And the number is just, it's, cra it's a crazy number. I mean, and, 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 and they got that little tab, and I've seen that where it just kind of grows, and you just it's almost like you can't keep up with the numbers. It's going so fast. And folks, I look at that, and, and I wonder, hey, our nation's being oppressed. We're in debt to other nations around the other world. Other nations own a large portion of us. Now that was one of the blessings God gave to his people is nobody would own them and they wouldn't have to borrow from anybody. In fact, they'd borrow from them. We've lost that in America today. We've become a nation that lives in debt. You've heard again, you've heard this stuff on the, the radios and on the televisions and read it in the newspapers and on the internet about how our credit rating could be changed and how that would, I don't understand all that stuff. I truly don't and some people try to make it a huge deal and maybe it's supposed to be, maybe it's not. But I will tell you this, it is a sign of oppression in our nation. And, and tonight, I'd like you to understand, we are beginning to see the hand of God oppress us as far as this nation is concerned. Go with me to verse 36. Verse 36, it says, The Lord shall bring thee and thy king, which thou shalt set over thee, unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, and there shalt thou serve other gods, wood and stone. It's interesting to note that the Israelites at this point, they had no king. Yet God in his all-knowingness knew they would. And he says, You and your king that you put up over you are going to serve other nations. You're going to serve other nations. He said you're going to serve other nations that you didn't even know about. 
And folks, I, I look at our nation as a whole, and folks, there were countries 40, 50, 60 years ago, and we freed them from the threat of slavery. We freed them from the threat of conquest. We freed them from the threat of communism. And now today, those kingdoms that we didn't even know exist, we are beginning to serve them. And they are beginning to become our masters. Verse 43. It says, The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He said, Men that are nobodies are going to rise up and rule you. And folks, we see that. Verse 48, it says, Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. Now, are you seeing the progression taking place? First of all, we started back with oppression. God says, I'm going to begin to oppress you. Then I'm going to begin to, to take your ability to rule yourselves away. Then I'm going to put nobodies or strangers over you. He said, now I'm going to be putting a rod of iron upon you, and I'm going to break you. Verse number 68, if you'll jump all the way to the end of the chapter with me. It says, and the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bond men and bond women, and no men shall buy you. Folks, I hope you understand what took place in the nation of Israel. Israel, at one time in our world's history, was the mightiest nation upon the face of the planet. Israel could not be messed with. If someone would rise up against David, if someone would rise up against Solomon, they would be absolutely annihilated and squashed for their insurrection. There was no ability for those other nations to rise up against so great a country as the nation of Israel. And I look at our modern day United States. And God has blessed us. And folks, I'll tell you this. You go back several generations and we were a nation nobody wanted to mess with. It was said that when Pearl Harbor was bombed, that Winston Churchill said, we have just won the war. Do you understand that? Because he said, nobody wants to mess with the sleeping giant in the corner. America used to be a land, folks, that was the, the pink elephant in the room. And the pink elephant, where does it sit? Anywhere it wants to. We lost that ability. And folks, we didn't lose that ability for any other reason than we began to disregard and to ignore the commandments and the principles and the precepts that God gave us. And we have watched now as generations... Our own leaders refuse to refer to America as a superpower. Our own president does not like that term. And it's a shame to us because we have stepped away and we've said we don't want to any longer be who God made us to be. What happened? The principles we see in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Folks, do you know why this country was founded? For freedom. And liberty. Why did we come here? To worship as we pleased. We didn't always do things the right way. We didn't always handle things best. We created a whole bunch of colonies where we all were going to be little bosses and lords and run it. But God gave us some founding forefathers. 
in the late 1700s who by the grace of God were men of the Bible and men of God and said this is the way it's going to be. We are going to create a nation like no other nation since Israel. And we are going to be a nation that is ruled not by a king. And by the way, folks, do you understand when God gave freedom and liberty to Israel, they had no king? They said we're going to be a nation that is ruled by the people. And they said we're going to be a nation that is moral and religious or we will fail. John Adams referred to that. And folks, I look at us today and I wonder what happened. Where did we lose it? And we lost it when we stopped following the principles of God. And God has begun to, to remove His hand of blessing and has allowed some of these curses that happened in the nation of Israel. And we've begun to lose our might. And I wonder what's wrong with America. Tonight I'm going to end with a verse that you all know, but in 2 Chronicles, and I hope I'll be able to tie this all together in your mind, I don't want to paint a bleak picture for the future. What I do wish to offer is some hope. In 2 Chronicles, in chapter 7, in verse number 14, it says, If my people, it says, if my people. If you go to Deuteronomy in chapter 27 and 28, do you know who God was speaking to in those verses? Help me out. His people. He was speaking to His people. And so what I want you to understand tonight is God is speaking to His people. Don't worry, don't worry about the sin in the land. Don't worry about the perversion that's taking place. Don't worry about the, the filthy lifestyles that are being endorsed and promoted in our country today. What we need to understand is God is speaking to my people. And back there in Deuteronomy 27 and 28, He said, Israel, this is for you. This is not for the nations of Canaan land. This is not for the, the Hittites. And this is not for the Amorites. And this is not for the Philistines. This is for you, my people. And so tonight, I would beg you to understand, God says, if my people, and look at the verse, it says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You say, Pastor, I, 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 don't, I don't like thinking about our country losing the hand of God upon it. Neither do I. I don't. That bothers me. It bothers me when I talk to those who are in their senior citizen years and they talk about how great our nation used to be. I don't like past tense as far as that's concerned. I want our nation to once again be as great as it once was and better. I don't want to see us as a nation on the decline, but a nation ascending. And folks, this is what I want you to get a hold of tonight. God said, my people called by my name. He said, I am looking at you. You go to the Old Testament, the minor prophets, and, and, and God teaches us that judgment begins not in the wicked, godless land. He said, judgment begins in the house of God. God says, it's my people I'm concerned with. I'm not concerned with them. I'm concerned with you. You study this. You read the book of First and Second Kings, and you will find that the kings of Israel had to deal with the sodomites in the land. They had to deal with the sexually promiscuous. They had to deal with filthy perversion in their day and in their time. And we're talking 4,000 years ago. Sin has always been in the land. But God says, if my people called by my name. And tonight, folks, i got to tell you, that's you and I. So if my people called by my name, that's hope that gives us a chance to see our nation blessed of God again. If you go home tonight, and we haven't taken much time, there's a lot going on, and it's the 4th of July. 
But you go home tonight and you read Deuteronomy chapter 27. And you read as God outlines all of the people. And he goes through each of the tribes. And he says, you're going to go over here and you're going to go over there and you're going to go over there. They're God's people. And if I could just bang one thing in your head tonight. It's if we would get right with God. If God's people would do that, God says, I'll bless. God's blessings for me, God's blessings for my family, God's blessing on my nation are not based on the political leaders of today. They are based on God's people. They're not based on the religious leaders. Thank God. They're based on God's people. So if you're God's people and you're called by His name, then by the grace of God, begin to do what verse number 14 teaches and begin to pray that God will bless us again. Folks, I, I could go through and I, I've read a lot. And you look at the, from the 1960s to 2012, how far we've come as a nation. We've fallen off the pace. We've stumbled. We no longer lead the pack. And tonight what I would beg you to grasp hold of is if my people, which are called by my name, you and I can make a difference. You and I can have an impact on our culture. You and I can have an impact in our society. And you and I can have an impact on whether our nation is blessed or cursed. Folks, if God was willing to curse his own people, what makes us think we're more special than the nation of Israel? We're not. Did you understand that? I mean, I, we are Americans, and we are very vain about that, are we not? We're proud to be an American. And I'm thankful for that. I don't, I don't have a problem with being proud of God, where God has placed you, where God has allowed you to be born, where God has brought you. Thank God for people come here for what we still have, and I praise the Lord for that. But folks, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to watch my children and my grandchildren someday. I don't want them to grow up in a nation where they have to listen to me tell them how great America used to be. Help us. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, that chapter ends with the people being carted back into Egypt and being put up on the auction block. And the Bible says they were worth so little, no man would even buy them. If you study the history of Israel, you know that is the case. They were hauled back to foreign lands and made slaves. A mighty nation that was destroyed, oh, not because of financial ruin, not because of filthy politicians or wicked leaders. Because God's people, called by His name, stopped doing what God had said to do. I would just beg you tonight. I believe that a good portion of our nation could be saved. And I'm not talking about saved eternally. I, and by the way, if you're here tonight and you're without the Savior... If you've never been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, you get saved eternally. You receive the freedom, you receive the liberty that only Christ can give. But as a nation, as a country, I believe we'd have the ability to make an impact if my people, which are called by my name, you go through that verse, you humble yourselves, you pray, you seek God's face, you turn from your wicked ways, God says, I got some blessings coming for you. 
maybe you'd be the reason that God gives us a little more mercy and a little more grace. Maybe you'd be that little bit of salt that God was looking for that would keep us going for just a couple more years. Who's to say that God shouldn't, wouldn't be more merciful? Who's to say that God couldn't give us more grace? In Habakkuk, it says in the, in the midst of the years, it says, revive thy work. God can bring revival. God can bring blessing. But does God have people who will do what he's asked? Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Folks, in just a moment, we're going to take time for an invitation. We don't normally do that on a Wednesday night. But we're blessed. I believe beyond all shadow of a doubt, as far as cultures and societies go, we are one of the most blessed the world has ever held. I want to pass it on. God says there are some principles that I'm going to put in front of you. If my people called by my name obey them, I'll bless you. If my people called by my name ignore them, I'll curse you. That was written to God's chosen people. Would we please take heed to what God did? And learn from their example instead of be doomed to repeat it. As the answers begin to play, if the Lord's laid something on your heart tonight, would you come to the altar? My friend, if you're here tonight and maybe you came to the picnic with a friend of yours, if you've never trusted Christ, if you don't know for sure heaven's your home, would you make tonight the night that you get that taken care of? Don't leave here without knowing for sure that heaven's your home. I don't know of some of you, but would you please make sure that's taken care of? Christ is where freedom is at. He is the author of our liberty. don't ever forget that God and anybody makes a majority and it doesn't matter if it's spiritually politically or in times of war you know you begin to read about our country's battle war for independence the victories that were won some of them were just miraculous in fact if you if you get into some of it you'll read where it's almost it's almost too much to be true, but men claim to have seen angels with flaming swords. God says, um, if you will do, if my people will do what I ask them to do, he says, the forces of heaven 
are at my beck and call. You say, God, we're few. God said, don't bother me at all. May we be like the servant of Elisha who goes out one day and looks and sees the army of God surrounding the invading army. You say, God, I don't think it can be done. God says, don't worry, I'm big. We say, God, I don't believe, and God opens our eyes. You say, oh, pastor, that's crazy talk. No, I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it's a little bit of faith in God. Let's just be God's people called by his name, being obedient. Let's go ahead and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Folks, thank you so much for being here tonight. What a blessing. I hope you had fun. If anybody's up for a game of kickball. No. no. <laughs> uh, I know people driving by today thought the Baptist people are crazy. There we are running around out in that field, people passing out, being carried off, another one gladly running into his place. Man, it was great. We had five or six guys out there grilling, standing. It was really something else. But praise the Lord. What a blessing. What a turnout today. Thank you for coming. And, folks, I appreciate you. I love you in the Lord. I mean that. I love you as a brother and sister in Christ. What a pleasure it is to serve God together. Let's bring America back to God. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Brother Payne, it's good to have your in-laws here. I hope you feel the same way. And I'm t- <laughs> the De La Garzas are here, and those are Andrea's uh, mom and dad. And then her sister, hiding there over on the other side, is here as well. We praise the Lord for, for them coming today. But Brother Payne, you dismiss us with a word of prayer.